to talk to you about uh, an emotion. We have, we have emotions. God given us, has given us emotions that we all feed off of. And, and some of them are, are good emotions. And, you know, some of them uh, are used uh, in the wrong way. And, uh, you know, we have to be able to take control of those emotions. To be able to, to know how to handle when, when things come up in our lives. That cause those emotions to begin to take control. And there's an emotion specifically that I want to look at this morning. And uh, it can either, as the Bible speaks about it, be good uh, or it can be evil. The emotion I'm speaking about is called anger. Would you say that word with me? Anger. anger. You know how to be angry. We all know how to be angry. Some of us show it and some of us keep it inside. And you got to be worried about the ones that keep it inside because it can really get crazy. I read a story about a husband who his wife really never blew up and never got angry. And he said to her, you know, when I get mad at you, you never fight back. When I'm angry, you just keep quiet. How do you control your temper? How do you control your anger? His wife looked back at him and said, yes, no big deal. It's easy. I just cleaned the toilet bowl. Her husband looks at her and says, so cleaning the toilet bowl helps heal your anger? How do you do that? She said, I use your toothbrush. <laughs> All right, so you guys better check your toothbrush. <laughs> anger. It's tough. It can be sick. And it also can be dangerous. In our text in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31, Paul writes, and he says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, which is shouting and screaming, and slander be put away from you, along with malice, which means nastiness and meanness. Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. We've had this heat wave, and how many know that sometimes heat gets people to get angry? You get frustrated. Whoa, whoa, okay, we get frustrated. We, we kind of get you tense, and it's just like hot in here, and just the littlest thing has a tendency to set some people off, and that's because we're human. And I want to take a look this morning at the humanity of anger. We all have that. That is an emotion that we all have to deal with. And we live, basically, nowadays, seems to, to becoming more dangerous and dangerous in an angry society. Global emotions, not only here, but throughout the world, in a survey that was taken, is reported at high levels of people feeling stressed, Angry, anxious, and uh, worried. Some of the statistics I read about from an anger management report said that 64% of people say that the world is becoming an angrier place. And I, I, I really believe it's even more. Almost a third of people polled say they have a close friend or family member who has trouble controlling 
their anger, and I know we probably know someone that, that falls into that category. One in five people say they have ended a relationship or a friendship with someone because how they have behaved when they have become angry. The word anger is spoken about in the Bible over 256 times. There are verses that speak about anger, and that's something that when we come to this point and we have to deal with that, we all know what it feels like because it's part of our humanity. It's part of our makeup. But the Bible tells us uh, in uh, our text in Ephesians chapter 4 and in verse 26, it says, Be angry, which we all know how to do, but it says, Do not sin. Do not sin. Now, that's the key right there. And we ask the question, well, how can I get mad and not have it cause me to sin? But to answer the question, we need to see what anger is, is and what the Bible says about it, when to use it and when not to. Because we think of anger as always being something evil, but in some instances, anger is a good and protective emotion. It helps us to deal with, with certain situations and issues. It's a God-given instinct for many times just survival and uh, for protection. For instance, what happens uh, when you see a loved one or a good friend being treated wrongly, verbally, or physically abused? What happens? That emotion, anger, begins to rile up and you step in to help that person or you see someone on the street uh, being beat down or whatever it is. Or, you know, we're seeing that nowadays, just innocent people being, being sucker punched and knocked down. Anger begins to rise up. It, it can be a good thing and beneficial. Used correctly for the right reasons and used according to the Word of God under the control of the Holy Spirit. Someone said that the world needs anger. The world often continues to allow evil because it isn't angry enough. And how many know that, that that's pretty true today? If the people of God would become more righteously angry at the evil that we see in the world, uh, then possibly might we see a different outcome. We might see a different uh, uh, a pursuing of, of doing right rather than letting just evil have its way just because people just put up with it and uh, are not angry about the evils that are really uh, seem to be consuming people's lives. Anger is bad when we express it and give it an opportunity for the enemy to begin to use that emotion in our lives and cause it to bring harm. That's when it becomes dangerous. In verse 26 of our text, it says, Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. So, these words are powerful because when anger takes control the wrong way and that emotion begins to control our lives, we begin to give a foothold, a place for Satan to begin to launch attacks. 
to other people around us, to the ones we care about, to the ones we love, to people even that we don't know. Someone said this, he who goes to bed angry has the devil for a bedfellow. Never take your enemies to bed with you. How many know that's a good rule of thumb? Never take your enemies to bed with you. I don't want the devil to be my sleeping partner. And you see, when we allow anger to be used in the wrong way, that's exactly what begins to happen. It becomes danger. It becomes uh, something that is destructive, the danger of anger. Anger becomes sinful, and it contradicts the rule and the word of God when it's birthed and conceived and it, 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 it's resulted because of small, a small little uh, thing that went wrong, maybe against us. Maybe somebody provoked us, some, some little indiscretion. Somebody cut in front of you. Somebody gave you a dirty look. Someone, uh, you know, slighted you and didn't answer your question. And if that continues over a period of time, that anger begins to fuel and it begins to burn, and that's when it becomes danger. It becomes expressed improperly and has severe consequences. We read about the consequences of the danger of anger almost daily in our newspapers, in our social media, on television, on the radio, Day after day after day after day, anger is being expressed in a dangerous way that is destroying lives. It's because people have allowed the enemy, Satan, to take control of that emotion. Someone said flying off the handle sometimes causes hammers and humans to lose their heads as well as their effectiveness. How many have ever been hammering something and, and you've been hitting that thing so hard and you know you're driving that nail and maybe you hit a knot or something and you know you've had this hammer around for like a hundred years and you, you just give it that last whack and boom the, the head just goes flying. And that's, that's exactly what happens to us when we allow that emotion that God has given to us to be used correctly, to be, and it starts to be used incorrectly, it becomes dangerous, and we lose control of our senses, of our faculties, and it causes harm. Because it anger, that emotion, combined with what Ephesians says, verse 31 of our text, when anger starts getting combined with bitterness, with wrath, clamor, slander, malice, when anger is mixed with those other types of, of, of human nature reactions, it becomes a powder keg. And some here today know what I'm talking about because it's exactly where the devil hits your life. It's exactly why you keep tripping up and you walk with Christ, simply because it's that emotion that is controlling you instead of you controlling it. 
In Ephesians, it speaks about the word bitter. Bitter has to do with those folks who are sour. They become vicious and are angered, uh, and, 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 and they, they become so, so in, in, in taste and, and consumed by, by anger because they're bitter. They've been wronged. They have allowed something to fester in their lives. And the Bible says that bitterness, is, it, it brings a rottenness. It begins to decay your spirit and your soul. And when that becomes mixed with that emotion of anger, it becomes dangerous. And we've all dealt with that in our lives, maybe personally, or maybe have dealt with that in a relationship with someone. And because of that bitterness, it has destroyed that relationship. It uses the word clamor. Has to do with people who cause disorder, commotion, simply because of that emotion of anger. They're angry about something or someone. And because of that anger, they disrupt everything. They, 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 they begin to just throw... Uh, uh, Sanity to the wind and disorder begins to rule their lives because they're angry people. There's no order to their lives. Then Ephesians speaks about the word slander. We know what that is. Has to do with gossip, ruining someone's reputation based on false accusations, premises, etc., and so on. And when slander begins to, to be mixed with anger, it becomes destructive, destroys marriages, destroys families, it destroys people's lives. How sad it is when people begin to gossip about someone and it's that gossip that causes that person to leave the church to not want to be around uh, people because in church there should be no gossip. How many can say amen? There, there, there should be uh, no slander in the church because when we hurt one, everyone gets hurt. That's what the Bible says, that we are part uh, of the body of Christ. And each one is a member of the body of Christ and so we each have uh, our places. But when slander and gossip begins to filter in, and especially, unfortunately, in the house of God, the devil begins to have his way. And that's when that emotion of anger just begins to take control and destroy. When you see a person gossiping or slandering, it's because usually they're angry about something. Something they don't have, something somebody else has that they don't have, they want, that somebody else gets, etc., and so on. And then it speaks about the word malice. We're talking about anger. But when anger, as, as the main principle of emotion, becomes mixed with these other attitudes and these other aspects of who we, you know, of, of our human nature, the flesh, they become destructive. How about malice? defined as wickedness, evil intent. It's the way people get a lot of times when they get too religious in their life, life 
style. Now, d- d- let, me, let me clarify that because I don't want people to say, Pastor doesn't want us to be religious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, leave it up to somebody, right? What I'm talking about being religious is, is, is always judging people looking down on people, you know, we have Pharisees, we have a good, good um, examples in the Word of God in the New Testament, even in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament uh, about r- religious people, Pharisees, uh, Sadducees, who always look down on Jesus, because he didn't do things the way they did them, or he didn't do things according to how they wanted him to do them. They were religious, and that's what I'm talking about that people uh, become uh, wicked and evil because uh, of just a religious mindset that has nothing to do with saving souls or loving people, but it has to do with a bunch of rules and regulations. In Mark chapter 3 and verses 1 through 6, and you can read that in your own leisure, but it's a story of, of, of Jesus, and he's with his disciples, and, and, and they're hungry, and they start to gather wheat. And it's, a, it's a, the Sabbath day was their, their, their day of rest and worship, and nobody's supposed to be working or doing anything, you know, just, just being couch potatoes. And so the disciples, and they start to, to eat and, and go to the field, and the, the religious folks are there, and they're getting angry. They're getting mad, and it's festering. And, but they don't say anything yet until... Jesus, uh, a man comes up to him with a withered hand. His hand is shriveled, his arm. And uh, Jesus calls the man over, and he heals, prays for this man, and he heals him. Whoa, now he really messed up. You know, Jesus really messed up because he healed somebody on the Sabbath day, right? The Pharisees blew up. They got angry, and they began to judge Jesus. It says in verse here, the Pharisees were angry, that Jesus didn't observe the Sabbath days like they wanted him to. And in verse 6, it even goes so far as to say they were conspiring to kill him. They were so mad. You ever been so mad you want to kill somebody? Come on now. Come on now. Nobody in here. It's at the other church down the street. Those are the psychos. Those are the ones who want to kill everybody, right? We're little angels. I mean, think about it. They wanted to kill him because he healed somebody. That's, that's what happens when we become religious and we lose sight of the meaning of why Jesus came into this world. And we have to be careful that we don't allow that to begin to overpower our lives, that we start looking down on people simply because they're not like us. They were selfish. Their anger was was based on selfishness. They wanted to, they were the religious leaders. They were the ones that they wanted people to look up to. And now here comes Jesus and his disciples on the scene And he's taking away a little bit of their thunder because they never saw a man with a withered hand get healed. And it stirred their anger. He was a threat to their authority and their leadership. Someone said the truth will set you free. (laughs) 
but first it'll make you angry. Right? I mean, we've experienced that. We've all seen that. When you're witnessing to somebody, and, and, and I mean, I remember so many times when our band used to go out and we'd play in parks in the streets and we're in parking lots or wherever neighborhoods, like, you know, go, you've done that here. And I mean, you're witnessing and telling them about the love of Jesus and how Jesus can heal their marriage and he can heal their sickness. And they come at you and they're screaming and cursing and, you know, they're, they're well, throwing stuff and everything else. And they're angry. Why? Because the truth is coming at them. And it's exposing their sin. It's exposing what's wrong in their lives. And that's what was going on with Jesus and the religious folks. It was their religiosity that was angering them. So much that they wanted to kill Jesus because he was exposing it. You see, when you get into a debate with someone, and God knows there's so much debating going on nowadays, the instant we feel an anger or the anger, we've already stopped striving for truth. And we start to strive and fight for ourselves. Have you ever been there? When you're in a debate, you, no, I'm right, no, no, you're wrong, and, you know, and the debate comes up, and pretty soon you just, ah, you, you just start blowing up, and you're no longer dealing with the issue you're debating about. You're dealing it with angry because that person's not looking at things my way. You've lost the whole picture, the whole reason for the debate. And that's exactly what we see going on now with anger and people and, and, and bitterness that's taking place and destroying not only churches, but destroying a nation, destroying people's lives simply because this emotion has gotten out of control and into the control of the enemy of our soul. When we don't allow that emotion of anger to come under the control of the Holy Spirit, they become destructive and controlled by Satan. Anger is a momentary madness. So control your passion or else it will control you. And we all get angry. No sin in that. Be angry. But don't let that anger cause you to sin. Because out of control anger produces hostility and aggression. And we see that today. I read some road rage statistics. Let's see if any of us fit into any of these statistics. Pastor, did you have to use this sermon today? It's a holiday. It's a, it's a three day. I'm going to go have a barbecue right now. I'm going to go swimming to the beach. I'm taking off. I want to leave happy. I don't want to be angry. Okay, then don't. So here we go. Road rage stats. Almost 80% almost of all drivers, not in here, out there, affirmed that they had experienced extreme anger, aggression, or road rage while driving. 
80%. That means those in the balcony are safe. That's 80%. The most common types of road rage, and this is this, I'm sorry to, to bring, bring humor to it. The most common types of road rage are tailgating, yelling, honking at another vehicle, and are a factor in more than half of all fatal crashes. 2021 was the deadliest year for road rage with an average of 44 people per month shot and killed or wounded during a road rage shooting. 44 people a month. Road rage deaths due to gun violence have doubled compared to pre-pandemic levels. Stats show that Texas, Florida, California lead the states in the number of road rage incidents involving guns. Let's take a look at Jesus' example of anger and how we used anger and how you and I need to look at that and allow when that emotion begins to, to take place in our lives and begins to, to, to rise up, that we would look to Jesus, look to the Word of God to help us if anger has a tendency to get out of control. Because when anger is out of control, we are out of control. Jesus' example, his anger was a righteous anger. A righteous anger, not a self-righteous anger, but a godly righteous anger. Someone said anger is not bad. Anger can be a very positive thing. The thing that moves us beyond the acceptance of evil. And that's what Jesus was angry about. He was angry at the evil of mankind that was destroying those around them. The anger of evil that was uh, defeating and destroying uh, people's destinies. He got angry for the right reasons to help promote the gospel of his father, to help uh, save lives and heal people's lives. His anger was a righteous anger, and he never sinned in his anger. So there, in the gospel of Mark chapter 3, that we... We're, we're reading. He said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or evil, to save life or to kill? But the Pharisees, the religious folks, kept silence. You see... It says, when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. See, Jesus was angry at the hardness of these religious people's heart. He was angry because uh, they weren't sensitive to the need of this man 
who needed a miracle. They were so boxed into the religious mindset uh, they could care less that this man was in need. You and I need to understand uh, that anger needs to be utilized uh, and God gave us, allowed that emotion to be a part of our humanity so that we can use it against evil, against unrighteousness. We can use it when we see things uh, that are not right. Uh, angry at that, begin to pray, begin to fast, uh, begin to witness, begin to tell people about Jesus, begin to do the right thing. That's what anger is for. It's to be angry at sin and, and, and uh, to be angry at wrongdoing that goes against the kingdom of God. He was angry because of the injustice that was taking place through the religious people. We can learn from Jesus to be angry about the things that really matter. Too many times we get angry over trivial things that don't matter. Usually when someone's criticizing us or someone, something's not going right for us, it's when we get angry. And I think about Jesus. How many opportunities he had to get angry at people. And we've all been there. And we all need to learn and take a look at Jesus' experience and lifestyle. We get angry, yes we do, but let's get angry for the right reasons like Jesus did. Focus on doing better. How do we do that? Conquering our anger. Someone said, he who conquers his anger has conquered an enemy. And when you learn to conquer your anger and take control of your anger, you've conquered uh, the strategies of hell. You've conquered uh, the devil and his strategy against your life, your destiny, relationships that God wants to build in your life. When you conquer and you're able to conquer that emotion, God begins to bless your life. How do we do that? How do we conquer anger? Number one, slow your roll. Slow down. Slow down. James chapter 1, verse 19 and verse 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Slow your Roll. Too many times we fly off the handle, slowing down when we feel angry. Because too many times we just blow up. We hear something we don't like, something does something we don't like, and I mean, it's instantaneously, there, there's not even a millisecond in there. And James says, cool it. Cool your jets. Take it easy. When anger starts to rise up. Because when we slow down, we'll have time enough to begin to ask ourselves some questions and think, why am I getting angry? Why am I mad? Has somebody actually hurt me? Is it worth destroying a relationship or looking like a dummy? 
afterwards? Because how many know that's usually what happens? When you blow up, you, you, you just get angry. Now, let me just say this. If, if anger is, is like uh, number 10 on your hit list, and it's right up there, and, 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 it's, and you're always dealing with it, why, why don't you go into a place where there's nobody there? Take a pillow with you. And just beat the heck out of it for about five or ten minutes, okay? Or buy a punching bag and, 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 and just let your anger out on that, but not your, 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 your wife, your husband, your kids, your, your brother, your sister, because afterwards you're going to feel dumb because you got mad because they, didn't, they, they, they shortchanged you a penny. You're going to get mad because they forgot your birthday. They didn't get you what you wanted or some idiotic reason like that. And usually the reasons we get mad are pretty stupid, aren't they? Can we be honest? You don't want to be honest. <laughs> we get mad for the dumbest reasons when you stop and think about it. And that's the problem. We don't stop and think about it. And we just explode. Boom. Proverbs 14, 29 tells us to slow your roll. Slowness to anger makes for deep understanding. In other words, wisdom, knowledge. But a quick-tempered person stockpiles stupidity. I wonder how much stupidity we have stockpiled in our lives. How many barns we need to store all the stupidity that we have stockpiled because we've gotten angry at the wrong things, at the wrong time, the wrong people for the wrong reasons. Someone says swallowing angry words before you say them is better than having to eat them afterwards. Because anger is a choice, isn't it? We decide whether to be angry or not. How does that work? Anger, anger is a choice because it's our anger. It's not somebody else's anger. It's our anger. And so we have the choice to or not to control it. And I think it's so important that we think about those things. You know, I've got one, two, three, four, five girls in my house. Five females, I should say females. One's a dog. Okay? As a man, the only man, the only male in the house, Where's that punching bag? Where's that pillow? <laughs> and I, I have to admit, there's some really stupid things that I've gotten angry about. And my girls are up there laughing. I'm sure, I'm sure right now. Or somewhere. 
And as I was getting this sermon together, I told Sister Nancy a couple of weeks ago, she said, what are you, I'm preaching to what? I said, on anger. I said, oh, no. I got to preach on anger. Here we go. And, and I started going through the different things and, and getting through different scriptures and stuff. And, you know, I'm stockpiling stupidity and more and more and more and more. And, and as I was winding this down, I was looking at it and saying, I wonder how many people are in the same boat that I am. And I started feeling pretty good about myself. Because <laughs> when I got up here to preach, I said, you're not alone. There's a whole bunch of people in here who get angry over dumb things, too, I'm sure. So anger is a choice. We're in charge of that anger, and we can be angry, but focus on anger, our anger, on things that will glorify God, that will help people, that will help save people. Focus your anger correctly. Get angry when you see the abortions of an unborn child taking place. Get angry about that. Don't get angry because they pass a law forbidding the murder of babies, but get angry because lives are being saved. Praise God. Hopefully, they're being saved. Get angry when you see the assault on God's creation between a man and a woman. Get angry about that and say, God, help us that our family stay strong and let's get angry at the devil. Get angry when you hear them and why they've taken prayer out of school. Why do you think we see all the things going on? Why are we living in such an angry nation? Simply because the gospel of Jesus Christ and, the, and, and prayer has been removed from our learning institutions. And what has it been replaced with? As our worship team makes their way this morning, such a serious, serious topic that can be so, so destructive and, and, and dangerous and harmful that God has allowed that emotion to be a part of our lives, but yet when used in the right fashion for the right reasons in the right way, can begin to help people's lives and begin to save people's lives and begin to help people understand about the love of Jesus. I think there may be some folks this morning as we bow our heads and close our eyes. This morning, who maybe some of the things I've been saying, I know there's been some humor involved, but there's nothing funny about it when it overpowers your life. Not at all. And you know, you know, because it's your life that you struggle with that thing. And there's been a trail of broken relationships, friendships, because of that issue 
of anger. I'm here to tell you this morning that only through God's word and through a relationship with Jesus Christ will you ever, 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 ever be able to have some semblance of control over that emotion of anger in your life. Because without Jesus and the word of God, it's controlling you and you know that. And it's destroying you, little by little, chip by chip, a way of your life. And you have to come to a place where you say, I'm burned out, I'm tired. I need help. I want help. So here this morning, if that's you and you say, Pastor, I, 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 I'm not serving Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus because I want to get help with this issue. Because anger leads, is, is birthed from sin. And sin has so many faces on it, so many, so many names. Maybe it's not anger in your life. Maybe it's something else. But the main thing is you don't know Jesus Christ. Here's your opportunity. So this morning, as you, our heads are bowed and eyes are closed,